This podcast is brought to you by Mercer, an industry leader helping organizations create the digital advantage in the now of work. Thanks for being here and enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the AI Evolution Redefining HR podcast. It's been a few weeks since we've recorded, but great to be back recording today live from Singapore, uh, where the last week I've spent working with both organizations as well as speaking at conferences about this world of digital transformation, as well as specifically this world of generative AI and what's happening in the space. For today, I thought I'd talk about three main things. Three main things. First one, AI governance. What is AI governance? Why is AI governance important? And why do we need to be thinking about it? Second thing we're going to talk about today is really this announcement that came out on the 23rd of August around Meta's new Seamless M4T. Seamless, M as in Mary, 4, the number 4, and then T as in Tom. And why that innovation is going to have such an impact on HR. And then third, I'm going to talk about some questions that I've been getting from the field about large language models and try to demystify that. So three things, governance, seamless M4T, and large language models. So let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to start with generative AI and the world of governance. Now, when we think about governance, people are like, oh man, governance this, governance that, more controls. It's really important to understand that governance is really just a set of guidelines, principles, and procedures that organizations put in place to think about the development and use of a specific technology, in this case, generative AI. So when we think about generative AI, these models, generative AI models can produce new content, text, images, audio, video. And because of that, because of the ability to create content, it also creates a potential, a potential of misuse. And that's why governance comes into play. It comes into play to think about who has the power, who makes decisions, and how players make their voice heard as part of a governance process. Does that make sense? Who makes the decisions, who has the power, And then how do we make sure that other voices are heard in understanding how this works? Now, why is governance a bad word in many organizations? In order to do this right, we have to think about why it's a bad word. Many people believe that governance means it's something heavy-handed. It's overly bureaucratic. It excludes voices. It's seen as a loss of control. And one of the things that's so important when we think about AI governance is it's not a loss of control. It's control of the use of these tools for the betterment of all. So think about that word control. Control is a very powerful word. It's not loss of control. It's control and really trying to control sanity. In a way, think about a traffic system. You know, governance is a traffic system within a city. Without traffic lights, signs, rules, there'd be chaos. Okay, think about an orchestra. Without a conductor, it's very hard for an orchestra to work. Think about a garden. I always think about this when I think about governance. Gardens. How do we make sure we plant the right plants in the right place 
to make sure they get the right amount of sunlight, the right amount of water, and that they can flourish. That they can flourish. That's why we put in place governance. Okay? So if you need analogies, use those. Explain those things. Now, why governance when it comes to AI? There's really four key things. First of all, ethics. Generative AI can produce content. And that content could be misleading, it could be fake, or it even could produce malicious software. It's really important to have governance in place to make sure that doesn't happen. So the ethical piece. Two, legal. Companies may face legal repercussions if the AI automatically or inadvertently produces inappropriate or harmful content. Three, reputation management. No company wants to be associated with the negative fallout of mismanaged AI, spreading bad information. And then fourth, resource management, making sure that companies have resources applied efficiently and they're not using these tools on things that are going to be abandoned later towards not something that's valuable. So really four things, ethical, legal, reputation, and then are we using generative AI towards the right things, towards things that are value add? Does that make sense? Those are really the things that tie into why governance is placed and in place when it comes to generative AI. Now, it's very, very important to understand that when we think about this concept of governance, we want to create what's called a code of ethics. And if you need help with this, please, please let me know been doing a lot of work on this concept of a code of ethics around generative AI and working with lots of our customers on thinking about how do we put this in place. Think about a code of ethics as a lighthouse. A lighthouse. It's guiding the ships through this crazy world of generative AI, through rough waters. But guess what? No matter what, it stands above that. It's making sure that no matter how much the water is choppy, how much there's waves, we have this lighthouse in place. It's built on a strong foundation. Governance is there. It's going to withstand the test of time. And probably most importantly, people trust the lighthouse. People trust the lighthouse and the lighthouse is going to stay there and help them through this. So why do we need this lighthouse? Why do we need this lighthouse when it comes to generative AI? I'm going to list 10 things. I don't expect you to remember all 10 of these. Listen to the podcast. Transcribe the podcast. It's a kind of a test for you. You know, Put this podcast in your favorite large language model tool and get a result to summarize this. But here are the 10. Transparency. Always be clear about how the AI model works and the data that it was trained on and the potential biases. That's transparency. Two, fairness. Make sure the AI models are free from biases as much as possible that could discriminate against people and make sure we continue to test them. There's some amazing tools to test these generative AI tools for fairness. Privacy, don't collect more data than necessary. Accountability. Make sure that we have mechanisms in place if people do use these tools for the wrong thing. Benefit. What is the value and the benefit? 
continuous improvement. How do we focus and making sure this isn't a go live and we're done, but always continually improving. Collaboration, looking at this across a lot of stakeholders, not just one set of stakeholders. Generative AI runs east-west, not north-south. Education, continuing to train. Integrity, driving honesty throughout the process. And lastly, making sure we're doing this for the public good, the greater good of our company or whatever reason we're using these tools. So that was a lot. Transparency, fairness, privacy, accountability, benefit first, continuous improvement, collaboration, education, integrity, and doing this for the public good. That's a long, long list, you guys. We'll make sure we put that in the show notes, but it's a list that I use, we've been using with customers as we start to think through what is this quote unquote code of ethics. So once again, when we think of governance and we think about this concept of code of ethics, I wanted to take 10 minutes and I wanna end this portion before we skip to our next important topic once again, reminding people, when you start to put in place governance, people think all of a sudden bad things. They think of loss of control. They think of red tape. They think of lack of transparency. They think of it as a one-size-fits-all, and that's not going to work for me. They think about this concept of, oh, man, we're never going to get anywhere. And I would encourage you as you move forward with your generative AI journey within HR, within your enterprise, as you put in place governance, as you put in place your code of ethics, what I'm talking about now is this concept of changefulness and make sure people don't see governance as a bad thing. They see governance as a North Star that's gonna guide you faster, better, and safely towards the powers that generative AI can bring. So that's, well, let's get, let's be done with governance and ethics. Let's move on to this amazing announcement from Meta. Some of you know Meta as Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and you read a lot of things about Meta all the time. Some of them positive, some of them negative. Meta this week launched an amazing AI powered translation engine. I'm going to explain what that is in a second, but the name of this is called Seamless M4T. Seamless M4T. And when I saw this, first of all, I knew I had to dig into it because what it does is so amazing to, and it's going to impact all of us as humans, but specifically, I'm going to talk about how it's going to impact us in HR. In a summary, what this does is it translates spoken words from one language to another without converting them first to text. Think about that for a second. It translates spoken words, spoken words without converting them to text and then returning them into speech. Okay, so think about that. Speech-to-text translation for almost 100 languages, input and output. That's the power of this tool. Speech-to-text translation, but not just speech-to-text, speech-to-speech translation. 
Think about that. Speech to speech. I'm talking to you on this podcast. Instead of a machine going through and having to translate that and turning it back into a spoken word, the way you're hearing it is in the language that you want to hear it in. This tool also provides text-to-text translation as well as text-to-speech translation. Text-to-speech translation. Once again, for a hundred over a hundred languages. Just think about that. This doesn't replace large language models. This is a translation engine that will be embedded into your large language models. So when I type something in, in a prompt in English, and I want to receive the output of it in Spanish, I would get that. If I say something in English, and I want to get the output in Spanish, I could in speech or text. If I have a document that's in English and someone asks a question to that document through a prompt in Spanish, guess what? It will automatically translate it back to Spanish. Think about how much time we spend translating documents, translating training materials, translating benefit plans into multiple languages, translating communications, This is an amazing technology advancement that we will all benefit from. Now, what's the impact on HR? What's the impact on HR of this? First of all, like I said, communication. Every one of us today have employees that speak multiple languages and have a different language as their preferred language. In the past, we've said, hey, what's our preferred language or our standard language as a company? What if that goes away? And all of a sudden, any language counts equally. Think about global recruitment, job description translations. Think about training materials, like I said, available to anyone, anytime, anywhere, no matter what language they speak. Think about employer relations and grievances issues that we so often get lost in translation. All of these things are solved by this amazing translation tool that's going to be embedded into our employee experiences and our employee interactions and our employee transactional tools going forward. You know, the way I like to think of this is think about this as a magical device that lets everyone understand each other instantly. Some of you have seen some of the new headphones, the Bose headphones that can do this. But imagine this now. I'm not wearing a special headphone talking to you, you're hearing it in the language of your choice. I'm writing to you, you're seeing it in the language of your choice. Once again, you guys, this technology is moving so, so fast. Once again, text-to-speech, like I said. Why is text-to-speech so important, you guys? Because speech is more personal. There are so many studies that I've read that show that talking to someone creates a stronger bond than texting to them. My mom says text isn't talk. Text isn't talk. It's like the difference between getting a handwritten letter and an email. The letter feels more personal. Speech feels more personal. This drives accessibility for people that can't read or write. This drives different language variations. And really today, you're gonna say, we do translations. We can put this into Google Translate, so what? Today, those things convert from speech to text 
then translate the text, then maybe convert it back to speech. It takes a long time and it's not accurate. These new systems will automatically translate on the fly. So think about that kind of an all-in-one model with over 100 languages and really, really focused on how do I make sure that every human, every human, every employee hears and has access to information in an equitable way, excuse me, in the language that they speak. Sorry, I get a little excited about this one because this is going to have a massive impact on it. You're not going to see it. It's going to be embedded in your tools. But watch over the next six months, all of a sudden you're going to see language as an issue turn into language as an opportunity. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about is large language models because I had a customer here in Singapore say to me that they heard that their vendor was rewriting their core HCM system in a large language model. And once again, it's really important to you guys that we understand what we're talking about when we talk about these tools, okay? Large language models, those models are great at some things. Transactional databases are great at other things. Okay, transactional databases are really, really quick at finding something and putting it back. Finding something, putting it back. Finding something, putting it back. That's what creates very fast interactions with transactional systems, is the database structure that it's written in. Large language models basically are really good at taking, let's say you come home from the grocery store. I have no idea if this analogy is going to work, you guys, but I hope it does. You come home from the grocery store and you dump everything onto the counter like I do. You, you dump everything onto the counter, okay? But you don't have time to put it away. But guess what? You want to make, you want to make something. A large language model isn't going to go looking in the refrigerator, in the pantry, in the drawer, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to look at that big pile of stuff and be able to create that meal for you. Now, it's not going to do it as fast as a traditional database because a traditional database wouldn't do that. You'd have to say, I need a knife. I need eggs. I need flour. And I would go to each place to find it one at a time. A large language model is going to say, I'm going to make something out of this big pile of stuff. Okay. And a lot of us have big piles of stuff that aren't put away. This is the difference between structured data and unstructured data. Okay, so going forward, when we're thinking about these things, we have to think about which tools make the most sense to use a large language model for versus not. And why new world AI in large language models are so much different than old school AI. Old AI, Think about those kitchen gadgets as individual gadgets, okay? I have something that cores apples, but guess what? It's good at one thing, coring apples. A large language model is like a Swiss army knife. It can do a lot of things. An old system. An old system, once again, I'm going to use my cooking analogy. It's like following a strict recipe, exact measurements, no deviations, a large language model is like cooking with a pinch of salt and a pinch of pepper. 
and continuing to get better based on the cooking. That's training. Okay? At first, it may not be perfect, but with repetition, it continues to get better. Old school AI didn't do that. Think about processing. Old AI is like a conveyor belt, handles one thing at a time. Large language models are like skilled people. They can do a whole product from start to finish, understanding each step. So large language models have this amazing power to interact with humans, which is why we're in love with them. Why we're in love with them and why when you sit and demonstrate them to someone, which I've been doing all week this week here in Singapore, people's eyes light up. Traditional AI is like a vending machine. You press a specific button and you get a specific item. Large language models are like a personal assistant. They understand your preferences. They offer suggestions. They learn from your past. And guess what? You don't have to push the button and get your item. The large language model knows you and brings you what's going to make you happy. Generative AI, the first technology designed to make you and therefore your employees, managers, and leaders happy. So we covered three things. That was a lot. My goal was to keep these at 20 minutes. AI and governance. And what is governance? And how do you explain governance? And how do you think about this concept of code of ethics? What seamless M4T means? And be looking for it. Be looking for it in vendor solutions, as well as tools that will be available to you to be able to deliver information to your employees. And lastly, just some tips on large language models so that you understand the difference between large language models and transactional systems, as well as why large language models are different than old school AI that you may have experienced in the past with things like spell check or maps or Netflix recommendations. Once again, the goal of this podcast AI evolution, redefining HR, try to make things as simple as possible so that you can follow along on this journey of leveraging AI and generative AI to truly not transform HR, but to reimagine the role that HR plays in the future of work. Thank you guys so much for joining. I hope this was a helpful episode. Look at the show notes. Please give this a like. Please share it. Look forward to the next episode. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. If you have questions or are looking for more information, reach out at the link in our bio. We can't wait to connect with you.